Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. By Cougar fans. For Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into Cougar Sports Saturday. Happy New Year's Eve to all of you out there. Hope it's a safe and fun holiday with your loved ones. Maybe you talk some BYU football as well. I, t- I caught up with BYU football head coach Kalani Satake talking some football. We discussed signing day, the new recruits, and the future of BYU heading into the Big 12. Kalani, signing day is always a fun time, early signing period. How would you describe this 2023 recruiting class so far? Really good class. I mean, I, I think every coach is going to say that about their signing class right now. But I promise you there's a lot of great athletes here that's, that are going to be big-time players for us. And uh, the talent is um, is amazing. I mean, I think when you look at the potential of this group, um, I'm really excited about this group being the first one going into the Big 12. Um, and the players that are going to be, I mean, there's going to be players that are going on missions, but there's going to be players that are playing right away. And I'm excited about both of those guys. So, so um, and, and we're still adding to it. So this is just the beginning. We're going to be adding to it, and it's only going to get sweeter from here on out. Who are, who are the guys that uh, you have maybe the longest history with? Yeah, uh, uh, there's probably a good number of them that I've had that I've known for a long time. Their families, I mean, uh, you can basically assume if they're Polynesian that I've known them and their families before, even the, when the kids were babies, you know. So, uh, but there's a good number of them I've known. Uh, I'm really close with 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 the Asera family. Um, obviously, close with with uh, with Tangilanu, Pututau, uh, Haunga. So all those guys I've known, but I've also known. Um, what Ryder Burton's been capable of doing because he's been at our camp since he was, you know, since he, he first could throw the ball. And so uh, you're looking at all these young men that are here. It's been really cool to see them kind of grow and, and uh, progress into, into a, 
that varsity playing type of player. And then, um, you know, and then, then being here and being part of our signing class. And then you have guys that are, that are already ready-made, the guys that are playing playing right now that are transferring over that I, I'm really excited about. So, um, But the longest ones, yeah, all the guys that you would assume are Polynesian that I would know, that that's probably true. And what's also always exciting about BYU signing day classes, I think sometimes fans can forget, is you get a lot of talented missionaries back too. Saw yeah. Raider DeMuni, he's back, and, and i got to imagine that you're pretty excited to see him. We talk about long history with, with guys Radio to Mooney is one of those guys, too. Exactly. I, I mean, shoot, his dad babysat me back in Hawaii when we were when we were in the same neighborhood. So, um, but um, that's, that's, I'm trying to show you how old Jack to Mooney is. But no, we were really excited about Raider. You remember when we when we signed him, it was just like, oh, man, now we've got to wait for a couple of years. I feel the same way about the missionaries that are leaving now. But I'm really excited that that um, that the other side of recruiting is that we get these return missionaries that are coming home. Some that have already been home and have uh, gray shirted that are working out that worked out through the fall are starting in January. Um, it's a really good class when you put it all together. This signing class is really nice, but then you put the complimentary return missionaries that are coming in January. It's going to be really even sweeter. And then you look look at the guys that are joining us even later in spring semester, not after winter semester, but spring. Um, you got guys like John Henry Daly, other guys that are, that are kind of waiting for their for their uh, their time to get done. Well, I am waiting for their, their time to be done missions and for them to come in here and play with us. And so uh, there's a lot of talent that's out there. Just a matter of getting them in here at the right time. And and um, but this is a good good group of new bodies and new names that you haven't heard of before. What are some areas of focus, Kalani, uh, for, for the staff for the you know uh, uh, upcoming? February signing period because this is just phase one of this. Uh, you noted that there's going to be additional guys, maybe some certain positions because I know last year in February cornerback was a pressing need. Is there any particular spots that you want to address position wise in February? Well, I, th- I think when you're looking at it now, we, we feel good about the foundation. Now it's like how can we even get better, right? So how can we? And then and some of that will come through the transfer portal. There's, there's guys that are in the transfer portal that want to be part of BYU and and. Whether a member of this church or not, um, there's guys that are just like hoping that they can get a chance to be here. And and as we go through the natural attrition, I mean, when people aren't going to be here, we've always had transfers, guys that have moved on and and gone to um, and left for various reasons. Most of it would be uh, playing time, right? But um, now there's there's a there's a little bit more involved with nil. Um, so the portal, but anyone that's looking to leave will enter the portal, and that's just part of the natural attrition that comes from your football program. So the other side of that is that we will always add a good, good group of portal players as well that will help complement what we have with our talent that are, that's going on right now. And there's just, I'm just telling you, there's so many guys to choose from. So uh, we're, we're sitting in a really good spot. It's just a matter of who we're picking and, and, and if they fit and most of them know and done their research and they feel like they're a good fit for this program. So um, we have to look into it and see, uh, different spots where we can create more depth and competition, and uh, that that's been really good for us too. As we wrap this up, Kalani, appreciate your time. Uh, you know, when you talk about the transfer portal, what are maybe the the most attractive pieces uh, from the BYU side of things that that makes BYU an attractive spot for portal guys? Is it the Big Twelve affiliation now? Is it the recent success? Is it the the networking, the business opportunities that come to these guys. What's what do you think maybe is the the most attractive thing that BYU offers to these portal uh, prospects? 
I think it's all of that. I think all of that has a, a piece of it. And then when you put it all together, it's, 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 it's quite impressive. You know, and then when you, you, you add the fact that we have an amazing fan base that's really excited about going into this next transition of the Big 12, um, there, it's already generated this elect- electricity of, of energy and excitement. And um, with that comes uh, interest. And so when, when, when young men are like, hey, man, I want to see what they're doing there. And they see that we're having a lot of fun. We're playing really good football, and we're pumping out guys who can go to the next level. And and then uh, the guys that aren't are having opportunities to do great things because the because the degree means more. It's a hard school to graduate from, and, and companies want to hire uh, uh, young people that live a disciplined life that won't embarrass their companies. And so we have a good group of young men that are are foregoing their last year of eligibility through COVID that are going to get jobs and just go to work and make good money and, and have a great life. And so. You put all that together, it's, it's just a lot of positive things about this place, uh, and, and it really sells itself. You know, I, I wish I could take the credit as a head coach and be like, yeah, you look what we're doing. But honestly, it's, it's the natural progress of things that we're seeing already from uh, the Big 12 to the fan base to the administration to the so support that we're getting. And uh, I think we're putting a good product on the field. So uh, all those things combined is a key, but it'll all, always come down to the fans. The fans make this place special, and uh, these players see it, recruits see it, and uh, I think they're going to take us to the next level when we get to the Big 12. Well, Kalani, Merry Christmas to you. I appreciate you spending some time with me, and uh, uh, you know, happy holidays. Hopefully this can be a little bit of a break for, for you and, and your family. It's well-deserved, and uh, hopefully uh, now that uh, in the future we can talk about that Big 12, I, that was something that stood out in that New Mexico yeah. Bowl. Looking forward to seeing that Big 12 schedule soon, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again down the road. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. Happy hey, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. I know uh, we get all the all the airtime and everything, but you you do a, a lot of hard work, and then I appreciate the the coverage that you give our fans uh, with our football team. And so uh, I hope you enjoy the time with your family too. And Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Jay Hill joins us on the program now, and. Coach, welcome back to, to Utah County and and BYU, the, the childhood team. As, as you said, this was the, this, the program that you loved growing up. It was. You know, when I was little, I remember it was just a quick drive over to football games and basketball games. And my dad's brothers were all professors here at BYU and obviously took a huge liking to the games. I still remember deer hunting when I was a little kid and my uncles would have these little radios that they'd be trying to dial in the station so that we could hear it up on the mountain. But, you know, BYU football games were a huge part of growing up. And um, I I guess in a way it's kind of like coming home. (laughs) What was the pitch coach that Kalani ultimately made that put things over the top for you to take this job? Well, I mean, I don't think he had to talk real hard just because of my respect for him and his program. Uh, I had at the time three coaches that had coached with me at Weber State here on this staff. Uh, I had other guys like Aaron Roderick and Al Papunu that I had coached with as well. Um, So there were so many people that I already knew down here. And then, you know, my just my uh, my comfort level with Kalani and the way he runs his program, the way he cares about his players. Uh, that was a big part of this. Um, but the the sales pitch didn't have to be very big. I knew about BYU going to the Big 12. I know about the success that they've had. Um, 
you know, throughout their storied history, not just the last couple of years, but uh, it's something that I knew could go in the right direction, will go in the right direction, and and it's a great time to be part of it. Coach, how much did the Big 12 play a role in, in making that move, just knowing that, you know, BYU's for the first time in their existence going to be playing on the biggest stage of college football? No, that was huge. I, I think that this is something that Tom Homo and the other administrators have done a phenomenal job with, of placing BYU exactly where they should be. Uh, putting them in a big-time Power 5 conference that's very, very respected, and uh, it was a big part of it. And it's going to be a big part of it to recruits. It's going to be a big part of it to just the success that we have moving forward. And like I said, I, I was just super excited to be part of where, where this place is going. Coach, uh, I, from what I've read and followed you from afar, uh, seeing your time at, at Utah and Weber State, I, I uh, dare I say that one of your mentors has got to be Kyle Whittingham. And if it's, and if your defense is similar to a Kyle Whittingham type of defense, how difficult is this to teach that system and, and scheme? How difficult is it to teach? Well, um, everybody knows my uh, respect for coach Witt and um, just ha- how big of a mentor he was to me. And I can't, I can't thank him enough just publicly or personally just for everything he's meant to me and and the knowledge that I've gained from that guy. Uh, The defense I think is special. It's, it's not far from the one I played in. It's not far from the one I watched him coordinate many years. Um, You know, there's tweaks and changes. There's things that evolve. There's things you get better at, Um, but it's very similar. My philosophies on how I study film and, and what I try to do as far as game planning and scheming opponents, I think I would I would hope it's similar. Um, but but then again, you got to put your own personal flair and and flavor on it, and 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 do with it what you want to do that matches uh, your personnel. It matches you know what what you're feeling that particular week, and um, that's where I hope I can you know take things to a level that's going to be super successful is just putting my own flair um, back into what I want to call and how we want to do it. A few more moments here with the new defensive coordinator and associate head coach, Jay Hill on Cougar Sports Saturday. Coach, uh, we know that uh, you mentioned that earlier that Gennaro Guilford will be retained. How quickly do you want to finalize the rest of your defensive staff? Mm, I think that all depends. Uh, I don't want to get pigeonholed into saying it's going to be in the next day or two or the next little bit, uh, Kalani and I need to sit down. And now with uh, with uh, Kelly Papinga and, and also Gennaro, we need to sit down and decide what are the two best fits to come back in on this defensive side of the ball and help us win championships and help us to recruit the right players here. I'm not dead set on that that, that decision has to be in the next couple of days. We need to get the best people in and have this thing set, ready to roll successfully in the future, but I'm, I'm not tied to any particular time frame. When you were a player coach at Utah, I know you're on the defensive side, but BYU defenses of old under Lavelle used to have huge defensive linemen. I know uh, one of our colleagues, you mentioned uh, Byron Frisch, Hans Olsen, guys like that. Uh, you know, is that kind of the, the traits that you want to see in BYU defensive linemen and maybe physical traits that you want to see in a lot of these positions along the defensive side? Well, so I believe this, you got to look the part, right? And we need to be playing with and and recruiting NFL caliber guys that can grow into be NFL type guys. 
And that's the expectation for me. I mean, we had that at Weber State. We got D linemen playing in the NFL. Taron Johnson's one of the top corners in the NFL right now. And if we had that ex- expectation at Weber State, I for sure expect to, you know, enhance that and take it to another level here. And so, yes, we want big, massive front guys that are going to play the the game the right way. We want to be physical up front. We want to stop the run. We want to be able to play and have an athletic secondary where, you know, we don't have to always protect them. We want to be able to put those guys in man-to-man. We want to be able to disguise and and create confusion for quarterbacks. I, I don't want to have to protect for, uh, position groups. I want to be able to have big-time guys uh, that I know we can win with. We need Fred Warners and we need – um, Van Oy's coming off the edge. We need big time guys in here that they've had in the past. And and I know we can recruit those guys here. I know you've only been at BYU. This is the first day officially, but do you think it's possible to recruit those big time guys in an era of NIL in an era of the transfer portal? Can that happen at BYU? What did Kalani tell you that really is maybe the blueprint of recruiting at BYU? Well, I, I would not be here if I didn't believe that. Um, we we all know the power of BYU sports in the state of Utah and the amount of boosters and people that can stand behind the program. And do we have to expand NIL? Absolutely. Do we have to get in the game with trying to take care of our players the best way possible? Absolutely. That's a critical part of moving forward and being successful. Uh, I know administration's on board with those things that we need to do. I know that the fans will be on board with what we need to do to continue to have great players here. And then we've got to do a phenomenal job of bringing the right ones here and developing them. Um, But if I didn't feel that we could do that, um, then I wouldn't have been as excited about this, this job and this opportunity. There you go. New defensive coordinator, Jay Hill. Cannot wait to see what he can do with this BOU defense heading into 2023. So that was an interview that we had earlier in the month of December and hope you enjoyed it. If you missed it, from a few weeks ago. We'll take the break here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Uh, a special New Year edition for you. We'll have upcoming interviews with head coach Mark Pope on the basketball side of things and his star sixth man, Rudy Williams. We'll get to that next here on Cougar Sports Saturday. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. Cougars by 20. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans. More Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into Cougar Sports Saturday, hour number three. We're playing some interviews from coaches and players here in the final hour of the show, our final show in 2022. Right now, we want to switch gears to basketball. They play tonight at home in the Marriott Center against Portland, and we'll have coverage on kslsports.com for that game tonight if you can't attend. Right now, we want to play our interview with the head coach, Mark Pope, we had back at Media Day previewing this team. This will be a good look back at some players that will have a large role in what they do in their final year in the WCC. Here's that interview with head coach Mark Pope. BYU basketball season is back. We're breaking it down here on KSL Sports and joined now by the head coach of the Cougars, year four for Mark Pope. But 
Coach, I got to ask, does it feel a little bit like a year one? When And I remember yeah. I bring this up because I remember it was your post-game pre- conference with uh, with Rebel at the end of that Washington State game, and you mentioned something along the lines of feels like a little bit of a new job, Yeah, the Big yeah. 12. Yeah. New roster, new conference coming down the pipe. Feel like a little bit of a year one again? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, in so many different ways. So it feels like year one, we kind of had this three-year run. Um, where we had some turnover, but we also had some some major pieces of continuity the whole time. So that feels new. It's a post Alex Barcelo era, which you know we've talked about. I've never won a game at BYU without him in the starting lineup. If you think about that, that's crazy. Um, it's also, you know, we did a lot of retooling and rethinking about about. You know, we, we, we were in the top 25 for three straight years, which we're incredibly proud of. Like, that's, a, that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. That's so hard to do. Um, we finished two of those years ranking the top 25. And with that said, we felt like we weren't even close to winning at all, right? And so we've had this uh, incredible amount of success, but we're so far from where we're trying to get to, it made us retool, so, you know, really do deep dives and kind of rethink about, you know, how can we take, you know, take that next step? And that, that is, you know, that's next to impossible. I mean, there's only a few teams that do it. Um, add on to that, this idea of moving into the Big 12, we're one year away. It's the first time we've walked into the season uh, with so much lead up knowing that. Um, so there's a lot of considerations coming, just long-term considerations. That, And then, you know, finally, kind of the composition of this team, um, it kind of feels in some ways like year one. We were pretty undersized year one. Um, we were pretty skilled year one. The only difference between this year and year one is we were veteran, veteran year one. And this year we're young, young. And Four so trip too in that yeah, year one. Yeah, and so the, 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 the thing with the, the difference between this year and year one is, is, is double-edged, right? So we're really, really young. So there's going to be some growing pains. But we actually have a group together right now that has a chance to grow together for the next two or three years. And I think the potential there on our staff and in our locker room is high enough that we could actually grow into something better than we've been. And that's what I wanted to ask too, Coach, with uh, you know th- that new and young roster that you kind of have here. Was it also having a little bit of a vision yeah. for the Big 12? Because I know you can't assume – Everything's kind of year by year with these dynamic rosters, right. as you've noted. But was that kind of the play here too? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, for sure. Um, for sure, we knew that we. Like I said, there was this feeling after year three was like, like what we've accomplished, we're incredibly proud of. Like it, you know, and on top of that, we're not even close. And so it's kind of thing like where you have to have the courage to break it, even though it's been really, really good. We've had an unbelievable start. It's kind of like we got to break it to see if we can rebuild it a new way better. And that is terrifying, actually, as a leader of an organization, because why are you breaking something that's been so successful? But, you know, we're not we're not swinging for that. We're swinging for, for higher levels, and, and, and so we got to try. I know that you don't operate in uh, I remember your your year one uh, press conference you don't operate in, in realistic yeah. expectations I, I do want to ask though with the the future of the big 12 have have uh, you know maybe Brian Santiago Tom Holmo your bosses have they kind of reset the, the expectations one from 
what they expect of you, and also giving you the resources necessary to compete and, and contend in the Big 12, and also this year, too, yeah. and last year at the WCC? Uh, I don't think there's any reset of expectations. Um, I think the pathway to get there is different, right? So um, our pathway to get to our goals um, in you know um, playing uh, the schedule we played and playing the WCC is you know we have to we have to land somewhere in the vicinity of relatively close to perfect right um, in the Big Twelve that's just not how that conference functions you know you could be ten and eight in that conference and be a four seed in the NCAA tournament right so um, the pathway there is different but in terms of the expectations uh, the expectations have, have, have always been since we came here that we're going to win and we're going to win at the highest level and and that's what we're shooting for and and um, that's our job. Do you, will you have more support staff though? I mean, I've seen additional this year, yeah, but uh, are you yeah. going to have more next year and beyond? Yeah. So um, we we've added a ton to our staff um, this year um, in, in some really creative ways, also mm-hmm. that are not like official paid staff positions. But I think the resources we have. I'm so excited uh, about what we have to work with this year, and especially in terms of like beginning this rebranding, regrowth kind of start from the ground level process. Um, and we will continue. We'll continue growing the staff. Um, that that's something that's important. Uh, you know, there's some positions that I actually didn't fill this this summer. I had a position I actually didn't fill that was available to me because. There's so much change going on right now, and we, we know we need to fill it right. And so we're taking a little hit on the man hours right now, uh, the person hours right now, um, because this these hiring decisions are so wildly important. But, yeah, grow, growing the staff is important just to give us more capability to, to reach farther. I, I know all the focus is this year, but I, I did want to bring up uh, your mark, Brett Yormark from the Big 12 commissioner. Yeah. He said yesterday that – going to be an 18-game uh, league schedule yeah, yeah. Uh, in the next two years, yeah. and they're going to re- release the first schedule in December. Yeah. Do you like that, 18 games? Is that too yeah. much or just right? Or? Well, it's 18 <laughs> quad one games, so there you go. I mean, we, we've been chasing seven or eight or nine. It felt yeah. like you know we had to do trade three for ones to get to nine, right? And now they're just going to put 18 right on a platter for us. <laughs> And so I do, I do love it. I think this, um, it's the best conference in the country by every metric in terms of national championships, in terms of like um, uh, data-driven analysts from Ken Palm and from Synergy and, and from the net, uh, in terms of Final Four appearances, uh, in terms of NBA players, this conference is, it is terrifying right now. It, it, it very well might be the best conference in college athletics, not just in college basketball. And so uh, we're moving into the real deal, and we're coming in with some – I mean, we're, you know, you think you're adding Houston also, which has been a top-five team over the last couple of years. Um, and so uh, it just gets better, and, and um, can't wait to get there. Uh, but it is coming with a bunch of challenges. There's an interview with Mark Pope from Media Day, and they'll play the Portland Pilots later tonight at the Marriott Center. On the other side, we'll play an interview with Rudy Williams, the star sixth man leading scorer for BYU basketball. On the other side, back after this. What appealed BYU to you when you decided you wanted to make a change and play somewhere else? Um, I was just saying, you know, the relationship I built with the coaching staff and, you know, the way they recruited me was really authentic. Um, it wasn't any like you know sell a dream kind of stuff. They just told me they could help me, and they they explained to me how they could actually help me as a player. 
And, you know, I fell in love with that. And then all the extra stuff, like, you know, like the atmosphere we play, the schedule that we have, you know, it all had to, you know, had a part to play in it. And totally. Totally made me excited what, to come. Yeah. What, what did they sell to you in terms of how they could help you improve? Um, honestly, they kind of just told me they would help me become a better point guard. You know, they could teach the ball screen game to me better than anyone has done it before. And uh, they didn't lie because, you know, since I've been here and I've been working with the coaches, I've definitely gotten better in that aspect of my game. And I've kind of just learned how to become more of a complete point guard, become mm-hmm. a, like a complete leader and all that. So, yeah, they, they've been helping me with that regards for sure. There's a lot of opportunity here with, with a lot of new players. Alex Barcelo's gone. That point guard spot is up for grabs. Um, how has maybe fitting into that role been throughout the first couple of weeks of practice and getting ready for the season? Uh, I feel like I've been falling into that role pretty just fine. You know, I'm pretty experienced. This is uh, year five for me in college basketball. (laughs) So, you know, I feel like if anyone's going to be ready for the job, it would be me. And uh, I'm trying my hardest just to, you know, make sure guys are getting better. I'm getting guys better while making myself better at the same time. So, How how much does that experience help you when when making a change in universities? Just, you know, like, it's a big change. You're going from East Coast to West Coast. Um, you know, and, and this is a program that's had a lot of success, and they have some big names on the, on the schedule, as you mentioned, Gonzaga being at the top. Just how much do you think that experience lends a hand to helping you transition to a new situation? Um, I would say experience plays a big part of it because, you know, I've kind of seen how college basketball is supposed to go, you know, how good teams look, how bad teams look. So, you know, I've kind of been around the block a little bit, and when stuff happens, you know, like I feel like the guys look at me to be like, okay, like, you know, what's what's next in practice? Like, you know, when we hit yep. a little bit of adversity and stuff. So, you know, experience is, um, it's priceless, honestly, in this college basketball stuff. So, How has the team been uh, gelling so far through, uh, through practice, getting ready for the season? Uh, the team has been gelling, honestly, amazingly. Like, you know, I feel like everyone has love for everyone. No man has a personal agenda. And we, the best thing about it is, too, we have no clicks on the team. Like, it's just one group of happy guys who are all on the same page we all know what we're supposed to do and um it's been super fun you know like being with it's 18 guys in the locker room we are all together at what point and maybe it was the the first call you had with coach pope when did best locker room in america that phrase come up to you or has it even been brought up this year because that was that was a big mantra from coach pope uh in his first couple years is trying to have that a great locker room vibe um, it honestly got introduced to me when I got here. Okay. Uh, I know he's been running with it for a couple of years now, <laughs> Yo. but you know, one day I saw BLRA in, on the back of a BYU shirt and I was like, what does that mean? And, and then they explained it to me and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like we're, we're doing a really good job at that so far. You know, like I said, everyone's on the same page. Everyone has love for each other. We all hang out, you know, not even just off the court. Like, we did a team retreat a couple weeks back, and, you know, guys, we'll go out to eat together as a group and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a, it's a happy locker room for sure. How important do you think uh, sh- shooting the three-point ball will be for you and for the team this year? That, that's something you did excellent last year at Coastal. Uh, how big of a role do you think that part of your game will be for the success of the team? Um, I feel like the three ball is like, you know, a major key to anyone's success because obviously three is more worth than two. <laughs> right. But then, you know, I feel like it just helps space the floor and it just gives everyone, you know, more space to work with on the floor. Like, you know, if all the perimeter guys are making shots, 
you know, they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to go when we throw the ball on a foos or a tiki. They're going to be hesitant to go down there and help out. So those guys are just going to get to eat by themselves, solo coverage. So um, three ball is definitely really important, and we work really hard at that. Coach Pope emphasizes, you know, all the perimeter guys get up a thousand threes in the week. So you know, it, it shows wow. how important that that's is. That's a lot. Yeah, and everyone gets it done too. There's never a guy that's like slacking or got 980 shots. Everyone's always well over a thousand. You guys have a? Do you have your own key to get into the annex whenever you want? Is, is that where you get the shots up? Yeah, we in our facility, but it, it's just a fingerprint. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. I, how nice is it as a player to have that kind of facility at your disposal? Honestly, it, it it means a lot because I didn't have it at my old school at Coastal Carolina. Yep. You know, kind of had to share the gym with other sports teams and activities and stuff like that. So there'd be times we couldn't get in the gym. Yep. But uh, here, like, you know, if I'm just bored at home, I can be like, well, I'm going to go shoot some free throws. I'm going to go get some threes up. And I just got to, you know, bring my fingerprint with me, which that's everywhere I go. <laughs> so, uh you know, we're blessed to have what we have and the facility. It's honestly second to none. Like, it's amazing. It stacks up there with uh, some teams maybe in the Big 12, you think? Oh, for sure. Yes, I've seen some of the facilities in the Big 12 yep. from my old days, and um, BYU's going to fit just right in, honestly. Well, that's awesome. I'm sure BYU fans will love to hear that. Uh, we haven't even started the year yet, so you're still. I think there's still a lot to learn about the team and how things will gel. But from what you've seen so far, what do you think some of the strengths are of the team? I'd say strengths. Definitely is... the coaching. Oh, boy. Definitely the coaching. <laughs> Probably you start there, wouldn't you? I'm yeah. sure you'd start with the coaching. We have some pretty good coaches. <laughs> I'll never say that to their face. But, uh, you know, you know, we have good coaches. Coach Pope, obviously, you know, he's holding the whole thing down. But Coach Figure, he does a lot. Coach Robinson, mm-hmm. he works with a lot of the guys individually. Coach Finnell, he's really um, been doing a good job of developing guys and getting guys to come along, like Noah Waterman, honestly. Nope. But, um, yeah, honestly, I would just say, you know, the three ball is going to be a major key for us as team. And uh, that's going to be our – I feel like that's going to be our identity is that three ball. seems like there's a lot of different skill sets on this group. Obviously, y- you can shoot the three if you give a well-rounded game. But then you have, like, you mentioned Noah Waterman. He's long. He can shoot it. Foose and Atiki in the post. How does this team maybe compare to other teams you've played on just in terms of overall versatility? Um I would say, yeah, this is probably the most versatile team I've played for because, you know, let's just talk about a guy like Noah. He's, he's 6'11", but he, he's, a, he's a big dude. Yeah. But he's putting the ball on the floor, and he's attacking closeouts in practice, and he's getting to the rack. He's making plays for other guys. Um, another one is Jackson Robinson, 6'7", long, versatile, can play the 2, the 3, the 4 spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's making plays for guys like me. Sometimes I give Jack the ball, and I just go, you know, wait for a shot to come my way, and he can deliver so, you know, guys are really skilled here. And then, you know, we got guys like Gideon who's just, you know, super skilled at his position. He's athletic. He's strong enough. He's big enough. So, you know, we're pretty versatile and we're a pretty skilled team, honestly. A few more questions for Rudy Williams here, and then we'll let you go. You've been great with the time. What was your experience like on Midnight Madness? That was probably your first taste of um, the atmosphere in the Marriott Center and the student section. What was your takeaway from that? Um... One word, ridiculous. Honestly, uh, The Rock, they showed out. Um, it was super loud in there. I couldn't hear myself for a little bit. And that was only, what, five, 6,000 people? Right. So I can't wait till you know, that thing gets filled up with maybe 15,000, 16,000 this year. Um, it's definitely going to give us an advantage for whoever comes into town. And, um, yeah, it's going to be just fun playing in that my last year of college basketball because I've never got to experience that. So I'm definitely looking forward to that for sure. 
A few more things for you, and then we'll let you go. Um, new uniforms, I think that's always fun for fans, especially younger fans uh, who are into the uniform changes. Which one that's been revealed so far is your favorite? Uh, so far we've only revealed two, right. the white and the navy. I'm going to have to go with the navy because... Everyone's saying the navy. That's kind of a shock to me. Yeah, honestly, they just... I feel like they mixed up with like a little bit of old school, a little bit of new school. You know, if you look on the shorts, there's the the old wine yes. with the cougar on it, Love and that's that. probably my favorite part of the jersey. And um, I I can't reveal this yet, but I'm hearing that the black jerseys that are coming are going to be the best ones. Oh wow! So I just feel like as we reveal each jersey, it just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> so you know, I, I feel like fans have that to look forward to for sure. Awesome. Um, I was talking to Spencer Johnson earlier. He, he mentioned that. <clears throat> he feels like the pace is getting pushed a little bit more in practice than he, what he experienced last year. I know you weren't here last year, but how much is, is pace going to play a role in just trying to get up and down and get easy buckets to transition? Um, I feel like the pace that we're playing at is definitely going to help us, and it's definitely been emphasized throughout throughout the summer and throughout you know training camp and all that. I feel like it's just going to make the game easier for us because, you know, we're not going to be worried about if another team scores. We're going to be up the floor in three seconds how Coach Pope wants us to be. And uh, we're going to be getting a good shot because we got guys that can get in the lane and make plays, draw the defense. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to come right back down and we're going to score too. So we're not worried about anybody else and what they got going on. We're going to push this thing and we're going to keep going and going. That's Rudy Williams, and that will conclude our New Year's Eve show here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Happy New Year to all of you from Mitch Harper, Matt Bayamonte, and Abordop, Dave Meekum. Have a safe night and a happy New Year. We'll see you next week. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.